if a workout doesn't go well and you're going to be crying and like down in the dumps, like, trust me that I'm going to be here to capture that, but I'm going to also be there when you're at your best and without the failures, the success doesn't mean as much. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Invictus Mindset Podcast. Today's guest is a film director, a producer, and a member of the Buttery Bros, Mr. Marston Sawyers. Welcome to the show, man. Dude, thanks for having me on. Stoked to be here. Thanks so much for doing this. I know you're you're an incredibly busy guy. You, you've been traveling quite a bit. You just got back from the Ultimate Hawaiian Triathlon. How was that, dude? Dude, so cool. So cool. Like, it's one of the coolest trips that I get to go on because not only is it for an amazing cause to raise awareness for you know the kids and the underprivileged youth there on the island because of the rampant drug problem but it's the most beautiful place like I think I've ever been just because not, not only do we get to like you know work out in the gyms and all that but there's a lot of locals there that can take you around and show you all the kind of untouched and stuff you wouldn't normally get to see otherwise so really yeah. rad. And dude, the, the collection of people that are out there, you know, from all the, the, the former CrossFit media team and Tommy Marquez and, you know, Sam Dancer and all, all these amazing humans. What was that kind of like just being in the weeds with some really incredible people within this functional fitness space? It's always awesome to get, you know, off in a remote location with really cool people like, uh, my buddy Matt Bickle is there and he's one of my favorite, most unique guys. He, he lives in Denver, but he spends a lot of time in Kauai. So he knows a lot of the cool places to take us. He took us on these like overlook hikes and stuff like that, that were just like jaw dropping, but he's also just really good. Like I call him like a sensei. He's a really good dude. And then Sam Dancer was there. He's one of the most unique people I think I've ever met. He's just kind of out there. He's a little, yep. a little strange, but I love the guy. He's one of my be- better buddies. I love that uh, you mentioned those two guys because um, they lived in San Diego for a while. So I got to yeah. spend quite a bit of time with the two of them. Uh, we were v- very fortunate to connect with Sam on the Invictus Mindset podcast. And one of my favorite things about Sam, and I say this every time his name pops up, is just his unique vulnerability around the concept of love and how yeah. he genuinely loves people. And like he'll give you a kiss on the lips and he'll give you a hug. And he means it. He doesn't love me the same way he loves his wife, Jen, or his baby star. But it's so cool to see a masculine figure that's so freaking strong just push this concept that all of us value in some capacity, whether it's conscious or subconscious. Yeah, I think Sam is the first person to want to, like, give out love. You know, I don't know if a lot of people feel uh, vulnerable doing that to people they don't know as well, but he's right out the gates. He's just going to come with you with positivity and just it's pouring out of him. And it's, it's really cool to see because it kind of infects everybody around him. It's really rad. Yeah, it's cool. And, and Matt Bickle, man, that dude is rad. He was out here for a little while and he's a uh, fellow member of team too tall with me. He's a big freaking dude that can uh, yeah. ramp up the wattage on some of these cardiovascular machines. Yeah. And He'll always break the down. Machines. Yeah, for real. And just such a great guy has so, so much insight. He's worked in the uh, cannabis space for a little bit and just such an elevated thinker, in my opinion, that's just so open to uh, 
adventure and connection. And I'm so happy you got to connect with them. I also think it's rad, the synergy that uh, we share. And, you know, of all people that you met out there, those were the two that kind of popped up first. <laughs> yeah, I actually met Bickle the first time that we went. Like, I knew him briefly, but I really got to connect to him the first time we went to the Hawaiian Trail Run in 2019. And then I've stayed in touch. We've gone to his house in Denver and he has like a sauna and a cold tub there. And we just, you know, really bonded in those freaking moments when you're just like dying in the steam or in the sauna and then you get into the cold tub and stuff. And now I've got a cold tub. So he's kind of turned me on to the whole thing. I'm so happy you mentioned that. I just started connecting a little bit with cold plunge and Brittany and I just got a sauna at the house as well. So when Sam gets back out here to San Diego in uh, December, We'll yeah. have to have all you guys over and we can do, and we have the garage gym too, and we'll have you guys over. We'll do a little workout and then we can do a little sauna cold plunge. Love it. I think it'd Love be super it. fun. We can, we can build some memories and have some laughs and then, you know, obviously make some cool content for you guys too, just to show the value of it. Like when you look at sauna or heat and ice rather, it's gentle stress exposure and that exposure to stress can really serve as an outlet for so many people throughout you know, what's going on in the world and some of the challenges from 2020 and early 2021. And I briefly talked to your, your partner with the buttery bros about his relationship with the cold plunge and that, how that kind of incorporates with him. What, what does that stuff kind of do for you? And, you know, obviously when you're not traveling, what does the heat and the ice kind of do for you and your ability to uh, be such a high performer? What's funny. You mentioned Heber, like, he is a seeker of cold plunges and cold water. Like we've gone to Iceland and he's gone to like melting glaciers to want to get in the water there. And I've, <laughs> I've literally just sat in the car and I'm like, get it, buddy. You know? <laughs> so when we met the cold plunge guys at the games this last year, he was really interested to see their product because they were there providing tubs for the athletes and between events. So the, you know, the recovery was there and everything like that. And I was kind of just like, I'll go with you and meet these guys and see what this is all about. <laughs> and then, and then they ended up connecting with us and now we're, you know, they've sent us a couple of tubs. And so I've been using it regularly. And my biggest thing when using it is, is really like, it's helped my sleep a ton. Dude, because- you and me both. So many people are like, why do you use that thing at nighttime? And I'm like, I want to bring my core body temperature down. So I'm not paying yeah. an arm and a leg for air conditioning. And I want to yeah. sleep in a magical way. It's insane. Cause I didn't really use it that much. I, I would get in them when they were at events and people had them filled up and it was like, okay, everybody's doing it. But then when they sent it, I was like, it's in my backyard right now. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to get some use out of this thing. But I've been getting in it at night, like right before bed. So before I go out there and I get in there, I heat up a tea kettle because I'm going to make, because I do like a beam dream at night, which is also like a CBD, like nighttime product that helps me sleep. So I go out there and it's set to 46 degrees. I get in it for eight minutes and I have to like have Zen music on my phone because otherwise I'm just like trying to like teleport to some other place, man. And then, and I get out, I get into a hot shower for like just enough to like, not be shivering and yeah. then i drink my hot drink i get in bed and i start to read a book and i'm like two pages in and i'm like zoning out just because i think the body is like shocked so much that when it finally relaxes again and it's cold it's just like okay go to sleep buddy and i'm just out. <laughs> so i mean it's it, it's a kind of a it's a process but i feel like it's 
definitely worked for me for that. And then I'm sure, you know, all the other benefits with inflammation and recovery and everything like that. So I mainly use it for sleep. That's great, man. Thanks so much for sharing that. Contrary to popular belief, the Buttery Bros do sleep. They're not just filming and editing, you know, nonstop, which I have no idea how you guys put out so much content but between like the big productions that you guys have on you on YouTube and also iTunes. It's just like, I feel like you guys are always putting out good stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, I like to sleep. Don't get me wrong, but there is times where we're like at the games this last year, I didn't hardly sleep because at the games, we're trying to turn out content so fast because it's most relevant the next yep. day. And so we'd literally be up to like four or five at night, like walking over to the hotel because we were staying in an RV park to upload the video for the next day. And then kind of getting a couple of hours of sleep and then just being like, what's up guys? Buttery, bro. Like, try, to, try to keep the energy high, you know? Absolutely. What, what's that kind of like where, um, you know, I feel it a little bit in the podcast and the coaching space where, you know, at the end of the day, like you bring a ton of energy, enthusiasm, passion, and like what you guys do is just so colorful. However, you, you guys are humans, right? Like, and it's tough sometimes when you have this expectation where you have to be up. And I mean, you know, maybe there's something going on in your personal life or travel was a pain in the ass or, you know, the lightning stuff with the RVs at the games, like inevitably life's going to like kick in the ass a little bit. What's that like sometimes when you have the expectation that like you need to be up and kind of perform in some capacities? It depends on where I'm at and what I'm doing, you know, like when I'm at the games and I'm tired and I'm like, I got to be up and stuff. It makes it a lot easier when I'm like there and people are stoked to see us and they're stoked about our content. And they're coming up to us being like, I just saw your movie and it's amazing. And it changed the way that I work out and I'm now healthier. And it's like, that feeds me, you know, to want to keep doing it. If like nobody was watching it and people were like, who are these guys? I don't really care. It'd be a lot harder to keep going, you know? But then there is times where I feel like I hit a wall, you know, and I feel like there's times where like you're constantly trying to adapt and grow the brand and grow the channel. And sometimes when I'm like, I feel like this should be growing at a bigger rate than it is sometimes, then it, I kind of like I'm wondering and it, you start to get like negative thoughts in your head of like, are we doing the right stuff? Is it still working? And just because this whole thing kind of happened by chance and it's kind of evolved and adapted as we've gone. And I've tried to just always improve on what we do. And it's a lot of pressure to always kind of perform in that way. But I feel like I have this like small window maybe of being a cartoon on YouTube, you know, <laughs> like running around and having fun. And so I'm just trying to enjoy it and trying to like soak it all up right now because it, it definitely is a lot more fulfilling than what I was doing previous to this. And I'd want to try and grow as much different aspects of my life while I'm doing it. So, and, and that's what I definitely see that you guys are doing. You're such a uh, wrangler of all forms of fitness and such a wide variety of personalities, which is great because so many people are craving human connection right now. And that doesn't always have to be in person. It can be, you know, in the form of consuming your content and whatnot, but you briefly mentioned how, this thing has kind of evolved organically. And that kind of started with some of the changes within the media space under the CrossFit umbrella. How did you guys kind of evolve and what was your working relationship like with Heber before you officially went all in with the buttery bros? 
So me and Heber worked together for a real long time. Like we did all the CrossFit documentaries when we worked together at CrossFit and saw each other almost every day. Uh, we didn't hang out as much outside of work as we do now, just because we're traveling the world and, you know, we're best buds. But basically when everything kind of ended in 2018, I didn't know what I was going to do. I figured like I'd go out and try and do some commercial work for brands in the space because I'd build relationships that way. But I also knew that there was an audience for the content that we were making because everybody was watching our road to the game series and they were watching our documentaries. So people were familiar with that. So I was like, CrossFit doesn't want to make that stuff. I feel like there's got to be some sort of, we always say opportunity and chaos, you know, there's got to be some sort of opportunity for us here to, to like, I guess, pick up the torch and run with it. And so a lot of trial and error, I think at first, just to try and you go from working for a company for 10 years to then being like I'm my own boss I, I choose my own you know day and my own schedule and I got to try and bring on brands and try and figure out a way to work well with people and it didn't take too long but you know like Heber's a really good hype man in his own regard and so <laughs> I, think people, I think people took notice to you know like we, we were originally doing like a CBD commercial with Matt Fraser that ended up like not ended up airing anywhere but we were in his garage on new year's eve one year and happened to film a workout me versus heber doing acid bath and then i was watching back the footage and i was looking at it and i was like this is actually kind of good I, I think it's be like worthy to just like throw on youtube and we ended up doing that and that was the first episode and it got a really good reaction and then before you knew it we we're off to the races kind of figuring out how to do a show each week and bring on brands and try and monetize the whole thing. So it was a lot of, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened, you know, like I wouldn't have gone out and done this had I not gotten fired from CrossFit. So <laughs> it's, actually it's so interesting how like in the moment you look at like a low point, like being fired from something or being let go or not allowing your contract to be renewed, whatever. It's like, it, it seems like a low point in that moment. Cause you don't know what you don't know. And then all of a sudden yeah. there's this, this launching pad and you guys are obviously content creators. You're amazing at directing and producing and, you know, creating content that people want to see because it's so uh, captivating, but how did you guys then formulate and foster the business? Did you bring people in? Was you know, Matt Frazier and Matt O'Keefe, a big part of that. Like, how did you ultimately start building relationships with brands? Because at the end of the day, you have to pay your bills and put food on the table. One, Matt O'Keefe was huge. I call it like Matt O'Keefe's business school 101, you know, like, <laughs> he, he told us really early on, he's like, it's going to be really scary for you guys for a while. But before you know it, you're going to be you're going to be working and you're going to have a good thing going and it's just going to take a little while. But once you get the momentum going, you're going to be off to the races. And so I believed him because he's, you know, one of the most recognized and smart, influential people in the CrossFit space. So I really respect that guy. And he kind of taught us how to tailor your product for each person that you're trying to work with because everybody's different, right? So we're not going to go out and try and pitch somebody on something that wouldn't fit their needs. And you know, I think the first sponsorship deal that we got was with RPM, who we still work with. It was, it was right around the 2019 open and we were trying to see how we could, you know, just feature someone's product in our show. And they're like, Hey, if, if 
in the open, if double unders show up, you use our double under rope and talk about it and we'll, you know, kick you some money and it'll be a mutual kind of benefit there. And that was the first one. And then as time went on, you know, we eventually figured out that whoop was really a good fit because we're doing all these workouts all the time. We're tracking our data. We're not sleeping that great. So it's kind of like interesting to see how different recoveries happen and how we attack different workouts. And so that was another good fit. And as we went, it was just stuff where we could look out into the space and be like, there's a lot of brands out here that we want to work with that we like. And that's how we kind of like tailored the, the buttery bros to be able to suit that. That's very cool. I also think it's so fascinating how you guys really do a great job, like getting in the weeds and you look at how much content you're creating, how much you're producing the fostering of relationships and amazing conversations you have. But dude, you guys are doing the workouts too. You guys came yeah. to Invictus and I'm seeing you guys kick some ass on some ring muscle ups. I think I was talking to Marcus Philly a few months ago and he was telling me that one time when you were sprinting next to him on the sprint event, <laughs> yeah. dude, Mars, your feet were moving so fast. I'm like, please don't pull a hamstring. Please don't pull a hamstring. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I have, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, what's kind of cool is like, we're not elite athletes by any means, but we like to hop in there and almost be like, Hey, this is what like regular dudes look like next to the world's best, but they're like tailoring and scaling the workouts back to be able to create the same side of type of stress factors that these guys are going through. And I feel like that's kind of relatable. And I think people kind of like seeing that because it's, it's really hard, you know, and we, we've gone to the comp train camp a few times and worked out with all those guys and tried to do all the workouts that they do. It's, it's a really tough challenge, even like at a scaled weight and scaled workouts, you know, but yeah, the 2016 sprint was like, I don't know. That was like, I became a meme out of that, which was really funny. <laughs> like I, I didn't know I was ever going to be in, in like the broadcast shots or anything, but people <laughs> definitely took notice and I got like an amazing shot that made it into one of our documentaries. So it was really cool. It is really cool, man. And that's another thing, like the, the content that you guys are capturing is not just like you have this super sexy device that does it for you. You guys are out there and you guys are like getting into the weeds and you're figuring out the appropriate level of controversy without being, you know, over the top or throwing anybody under the bus. And then you also, what I think is my favorite part about the documentaries that you guys make is I feel like I get to know the athletes a little bit. And what's that been kind of like where, you get to show another side of the athletes because sometimes on the, you know, the warm up area on the competition floor, there's this nervousness. There's this, I'm focused, I'm in the zone, but sometimes in the pre and the post, you get little glimpses as to like, Oh, that's, that's how that guy really is. Or that's how that yeah. really is. What's that been kind of like getting to know these guys and realizing like how to show their true personality in the midst of a very stressful thing, like the CrossFit games. Yeah, I think part of the most valuable thing that I could take away from like my time at CrossFit was the relationships that I built with the athletes. The rapport that you build with them back behind the scenes and before they go out on the floor is huge because the, it's not like you can just throw a camera out there and they're going to give you the same type of content. They're not going to feel comfortable with who's interviewing them and, and all that. So I feel like being back at their houses before the competition starts to show their like daily prep, how they interact with their spouse, what it's like, you know, like what their 
comedic, uh, you know, sense of humor is. And uh, I really like getting to like break that down. Cause I feel like these guys are like, really good friends of mine. Like Vellner is a great dude, you know, he's one of the best. And I love, hey, I gotta tell you to- something funny real quick since you mentioned Vellner. <laughs> yeah. I had, uh, as I mentioned, Matt O'Keefe on a couple of weeks ago and he was, yeah. st- he was staying at Vellner's house at the time. And with, uh-huh. the, and with them both being redheads, I'm like, hey, man, you guys better have sunscreen on in that house because one glimpse of sun, both of you guys are getting sunburned. <laughs> yeah, I fully support this SPF and dude, because I, I got melanoma last year and I got it all taken care of now. But I'm always like, anybody need sunscreen? I'll put it on. Put it on <laughs> me. We'll look that, out for each other. That's a true buttery bro right there, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool, man. So how, how did you ultimately find your way into content creation? Like what was your background and some of your upbringing kind of like that ultimately led you into this space? So I grew up like really interested in cameras. I remember when I was a kid, my parents had the giant camera that yes. put like a full on VHS tape. into. Oh, yeah. And I remember being young and like seeing that device and being like, what is that? The thing is interesting to me. I want to know what that thing does and I want to play with it. And I want to use it. But it wasn't until like I got into like middle school and I went and bought my first camera that was like this beefy, chunky thing, you know, and it, was before, <laughs> it was before digital. So it was all shot on tapes and everything. And I was just literally shooting everything around me and the world I was in and my friends. And I liked watching it back. And it, it seemed like a really cool just kind of hobby. And then as I got into high school, I figured out that I could take half of my school day and go to a tech center where they would teach me a lot of the skills, like the software, like all the Adobe suite, they teach you the editing software. And so that's where I kind of like got really interested in that. And I remember it was back when they had like the first Mac, like desktop computers that were like the colorful ones that look like a TV set, you know? And I remember figuring out how even just iMovie worked and being able to manipulate clips and speed stuff up and slow it down and interpret a bunch of different things. And I was like, wow, I feel like, I feel like I can communicate through this medium because I wasn't much of a, you know, I'm not a very good listener, which I figured out, you know, like (laughs) through, through trial and error, but I feel like I'm very visual, you know? So I felt like it was a way for me to express myself. And so when I got to college, I was able to do a film degree and I learned quite a bit about documentary storytelling there because my professor was from the NFL films, his uh, Phil Tuckett. And he was like old school film guy, you know, like, you know, snipping clips and pasting them. Like I wouldn't have been in this business if that's what we were still doing today like <laughs> with, with like, you know, digital and being able to just use everything on a, you know, timeline and everything. So I left college and I knew that I just wanted to tell stories and I wanted to do, you know, whatever that was. And so I took like whatever jobs I could right out of college. And a lot of them weren't jobs I wanted to do, but I figured it was good experience. I could, you know, work with a client and produce something and move on and try and just learn as much as I could. And that's when CrossFit was kind of in its infancy stage and they needed a lot of producers. That's when I met Heber. He was here at a local competition and they, there wasn't really any other media. It was like Heber was the media for CrossFit. And so I was like, 
if I trade you all my footage, will you give me a media pass? He's like, dude, just step over this line. Here's your media pass. And so, <laughs> and so uh, he put me in touch with the guys at CrossFit. And then before you know it, I was like flying out to do seminars and going to different athletes. And I honestly didn't think that I was like, you know, I'm, how many videos can I make of people exercising? You know, I didn't didn't really know what the whole world of it was, especially the sport aspect, which is what really drew me in. And so in 2011, me and Heber did a pilot episode for the ESPN shows that ended up getting greenlit. And it was at like a NorCal regional. And that was like the first time that I'd uh, like produced a TV show. And it was definitely something that I was getting thrust into like before I had the experience to do that type of stuff. And I feel like CrossFit, was presenting a lot of opportunities that it would probably have taken me a lot longer to get to if I had done a traditional media route with a different company. And so once the games were over in 2011, they're like, we need you to move to Santa Cruz like right now. Like we need all the help we can get because we got to produce 12 shows by the end of September, you know? And oh, so, man. yeah. So I moved there and we didn't sleep. And that was like, you know, just, all hands on deck to try and get these shows done. And we did that for a few years until it got to the point where we had enough of a media team built up to be able to start thinking more about post-produced documentary style movies. And that's really what I felt was valuable and what I wanted to put my time and energy towards. And that's when we started doing the fittest on earth series. And that's kind of what led me to my creativity as as best I could describe it in in those movies because I felt like there was such a cool aspect of these characters that could be told in a way that what like just wasn't out there like we had really great access to the athletes we're literally like with them as they step onto the floor they step off the floor we go with them to their hotel room and there's like not many sports that I can think of that where you get that type of access to the athletes oh, yeah. and so and so I felt like we had a, like a really cool magic sauce in those early days to be able to uh, go out there and, and create some really cool content. That's, that's, that's such a great it. story, man. I really appreciate you going down memory lane a little bit and kind of walking us through step by step. So we, so we could understand kind of your journey a little bit. You mentioned communicate and there's so many different angles and a variety of methods that you could use to communicate what you saw at the CrossFit games, what people want to see at the CrossFit games. And when you think of language, like I could show you this pen and you and I both know this as a pen that writes, but I could poke you with it and it could be a poking device, or I could stab you with it. Now it's a murder weapon, or I yeah. could use it as a bookmark. And now it's a bookmark. Well, is it a pen? Is it a poking device? Is it a murder weapon? Or is it a bookmark, right? There's so many different ways to communicate on one object. Yeah. How did you guys decide, you know, Hey, we have this functional fitness thing. When you Google CrossFit, it's incredibly intimidating. You see ripped hands, you see the pukey face. It's kind of a weird marketing scheme to the broad and inclusive public. That's not within the, the, the CrossFit bubble, but now you guys just develop this really unique way to share character development and personalities and this growth from rags to riches and understanding what recovery is and, you know, what the, the significant others of these athletes go through and the nutrition and the sleep and the stress and the food. Like, how did you guys kind of decide 
how to communicate some of these stories. Did you have a funnel from CrossFit, what they wanted from you guys? Cause it almost seems like you guys got into the space without a roadmap and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to create my own path and we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's pretty much how it was. Cause like nobody told us to make documentaries. We literally got to the end of the 2015 games. I mean, we, Hebert already produced Froning and then that was kind of like the guinea pig year to then kind of replicate or, or improve upon and stuff like that. So I feel like we were just ambitious filmmakers that wanted to do it this way. And I, I feel like the, what we don't see from the athletes is what I, we wanted to show, you know, like I wanted to show, you know, like a good example is like, I think it was the 2014 or 2015 games, but it was like, this great scene of Camille trying to like push this sled where she was like up in the mountains, up in Boulder and she was struggling with it. And she's like arguing with her husband and it's like not going well. And I'm like, this is great. Like, this is what people don't get to see. You know, you, everybody gets to see these athletes like show up on game day and crush it. But I want to see like them failing stuff and like stuff not going their way. And like, it's really awkward too. Like when Julie Fouché like blew out her Achilles ankle back in like, whatever that year was 2015, I think, or 2014. Like I'm right there with a camera and I'm like, Oh, this is weird. I feel like I shouldn't be here right now because it's like a, such a sensitive topic and such a sensitive moment, but capturing those is really important to like show the victory later. You know, it's like, and a lot of that's building trust with the athletes. You know, it's like if a workout doesn't go well and you're going to be crying and like down in the dumps, like trust me that I'm going to be here to capture that, but I'm going to also be there when you're at your best and without the failures, the success doesn't mean as much. You know what I mean? I, I think so, that's such a great way to put it, man. And it's also showing the authenticity of the athlete. Like I think Instagram is a great highlight reel, but I think now people are evolving a little bit past that where they're like, I actually want more. I want the roots, not just the tree. And yeah. I think, I think you're doing a great job of that. And Camille's such a great example. She's a former Invictus athlete as well. And her and Dave Lipson are, are great people. Dave is just so comedy, man. He's doing his, oh, uh, yeah. his thunder bro thing. One of my favorite videos is when he's like on the plane and there's like random people next to him. He's like, always be pumping. And he's oh, like, really? <laughs> dude, that guy is such a good dude. And that's like, like Heber does mainly thunder bro, Dave Lipson training now. And like, he's gotten he's put on size and people have taken notice. So it obviously works. That's super cool. You mentioned, you know, what he's doing with training. Do you guys have like a rhyme or a rhythm or, you know, what, what is kind of the methodology with your training in and around all this content creation and travel that you guys put into your craft? Like for YouTube and our show or just in my daily life, just in your daily life. Like what are the things that you do that kind of allow you to alter your state so that way you can feel good you know you can look good you can perform good and then obviously you know create well as well so i have recently put a home gym in my backyard so that's nice to be able to just have the convenience of i've been here editing and we're working on the episodes with our hawaii stuff and that's going to be coming out uh next week but it's nice to be able to just I'm, i've hit a rut or i've hit like the end of my wits i can go out there hit it hard for, you know, 15, 30 minutes. And I feel like it's such a, it's a mental and physical release that it just like leaves me 
feeling refreshed that I can come back and work efficiently again. But I try to do that every day. Like I try to like work out for about an hour a day. I'm not crazy. I'm not trying to like, and I'm pretty random. I don't like follow a program. I'll literally like I'll open comp train. I'll open like linchpin and I'll like look at all these different workouts until I just find something that I feel like I haven't done in a while or something that looks fun. And that's what I go and do. I like to do fun workouts. I don't, I'm not really in the state anymore where I like necessarily want to like train on my weaknesses and stuff. I'm just trying to like go hit it hard, breathe heavy, sweat, and then, you know, come back and, and get back to work type of thing. And, and I feel like doing it here at my house or doing it with Heber off in some random location, you know, it's, it's all part of the same idea of moving your body. And with that, you know, you're going to feel physically fit, but it's also going to be very good for your mental capacity because when you're just pent up with, without any type of release, I feel like it breeds negativity and it breeds stress. And like, there's, you know, there's a lot of solutions to that stuff. Uh, I mean, a lot of people probably just don't realize that there's so much more to physical fitness that you get than the the looks and the fitness. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that a, yeah, that, absolutely. That's a great way to describe it. What is yeah. work? What does workflow kind of look like? You know, it's a very popular opinion to uh, try not to try not to ever get into business with close friends or family. And you're obviously creating magic with now one of your best friends. What does workflow kind of look like? And, you know, what are some of those like serious conversations like where you're like, hey, we need to have a serious conversation. I actually don't agree with this particular scene or, you know, I know, you know, Heber was very complimentary of your ability to edit and produce. And do you guys have different compartmentalized roles within your creation or what does that kind of look like? And your guys working relationship. Well, usually like if we're trying to figure out the next show that we're trying to produce, we have like a lot of different opportunities that come to us. Like people want us to come to their events or we're going to go to columbia and do stem cells or we're gonna go to hawaii for the trail run all things are sounding fun and they're sounding great but it's like we both got to agree on where we're gonna go and what we're gonna make and what's gonna like be the best content you know and i feel like we agree on that most of the time i feel like we always can kind of see the value in in what we're both doing it's obviously like we bought heads sometimes but like I feel like we've worked together for so long now. It's been 10 plus years of trial and error with this stuff and enough time to know that like, okay, I just need to like let Heber hit a workout and get some food and we'll be good, you know, like, but when we pick a, pick a place to go, we try to figure out all the different things that we can do outside of the gym that will feature this place that we're at, that'll be like an adventure. And then obviously if there's athletes there, we want to be able to like, tell their story as best we can. And we have, you know, a a stack of brands that we work with that we obviously have to like meet all the requirements for each one of our shows there. And so we both hold each other accountable, you know, it's like, Hey, we got to film X, Y, and Z when we get to this place. And when we get there, we knock it out. And, you know, sometimes it goes great. And sometimes there's stuff that we leave out or forget. And I feel like we do a good job of just being our own cheerleaders like I'm always like trying to cheer Heber on but also in a in a playful way of 
trying to beat him in workouts and, and he's, <laughs> he's trying to beat me. And I'm always yeah. trying to gain insight into, you know, high performers, because I think sometimes the perception from the outside looking in is like, oh, these guys are just documenting what they would normally be doing. And it's like, okay, maybe a little bit, but like what you guys do is a lot of work and people do yeah. not, they don't realize that. And I just want to use our platform to kind of highlight that and also show just what, what an art it is because there's so much variability and decision fatigue is absolutely real. And you oh, guys sure. have so many decisions that you, you get to make with every single bit of content. And I think you guys are doing such a great job with it. And more recently, man, like it kind of got very popular during the pandemic. You guys released it at such a, a prime time. But I want to share with our listeners a little bit about Resurgence. That's okay. like your, your, your most recent feature film. I believe it was number one on iTunes for a little bit. And yeah, um, we got, we jumped up, we jumped up there. That was nuts. Cause like we've released all these other films in the past and we've gotten high, but we've never jumped to number one and we were at number one for a little while there. So it was a pretty cool accomplishment. Congratulations, man. What, what what's the story of resurgence? Well, I mean, it's been an interesting relationship with CrossFit just because like, obviously we worked with them and then we went independent. We produced the fittest in 2019 was our first independent documentary. And then in 2020, they came to us and they were like, hey, do you guys want to make a movie together? And we're like, oh, you guys want to work together again, huh? <laughs> and so it was kind of like a tightrope that we were walking because during all the craziness of 2020 with CrossFit needing to like sell the company to Eric Rosa and when all this stuff happened on Twitter, it was like, I almost thought the whole thing was coming crashing down, you know? And I was like, whatever happened. <laughs> Yeah, everybody did. And so what do we do? We were going to document it, you know, like as soon as we found out all this stuff was happening, we got in the, tr the butter truck and drove across the country interviewing affiliate owners, interviewing athletes, interviewing just people in the community that felt passionate about what was happening. And we just, and we were documenting ourselves and a lot of that had to get cut out of the film, but a lot of it, you know, some of it got to, to stay in there, but we didn't really know we were going to be making a movie on that necessarily. I just knew that it was going to be content that we were going to use somewhere eventually. And so we got to the end of uh, stage one of the CrossFit games in 2020 and CrossFit was like, Hey, we want you guys to partner with us on a movie. And that's what we had. That's what we did. And I feel like given the preparation that we had and the restrictions with COVID and everything, uh, I'm really happy with what happened with the movie and that it came out and went to number one. It was crazy just because every games I've ever filmed, it's been, you know, in a packed stadium with fans. And now, you know, Matt comes across the finish line, another event win. Nobody's really saying anything. It's like, Hey dude, good job from behind the camera. And that's about <laughs> it. Yep. So it was just, it was such a cool different dynamic. And I'm really happy that we were able to get that opportunity to, to do that because it was intimate. It was. You literally awkward. took the words out of my mouth, like intimate and awkward would be a great way to describe that. But yeah. more importantly, like, you know, especially in, in the fitness space, everybody was like, how do, how do we figure out how to train? What, what's yeah. everybody, what's everybody else doing? Are the games going to happen? Are they not going to happen? And they kind of figured it out. And it was so cool that, that it was kind of funneled down to just five males and five females 
Because then there wasn't, you know, for lack of a better term, all this outside noise and distraction where you had to like follow a lot of different events, a lot of different categories of, of fitness people. And you, you just had 10. And, you know, at that moment, we got to know their personalities. We got to see the laughter, the tears, the, the struggle, the, 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 the everything. And it's in this amazing environment being the ranch. What was that kind of like? And were there any moments from the ranch that really stand out at the forefront of your brain? From a storytelling aspect, it's really cool to be able to have five and five because you can tell everybody's story a little bit. You get to know each character individually. Whereas when you have 40, you're obviously picking the people that you think will do well. And then you're trying to pick like some dark horses and some people that are interesting in their own right. But then you miss some people just because you can't cover everybody. And you just kind of got to go with the characters you pick. But in this scenario, we were able to cover everyone. And I feel like it was a much different movie in that sense. And there's a ton of like really cool moments. Like when, you know, there was the trail run loop that they knew that they were going to have to turn around and do it all in reverse. And I knew that like a day before because I watched the demo team do it and I watched Chandler Smith come in in first and then Dave tell him to turn around and go back and just watch this like emotion wash over them of being like, I did it. I won to shit. I'm only halfway, you know, you know, and like, it's, it's like, I can't imagine like nothing like that's ever happened to me in a crossover. Like when I'm done, I'm done. You know, like nobody's going to be like, yeah, go do it again. So watching that happen is like this trick or treat, like, like Easter egg moment. Like I know something you don't know. <laughs> so th- th- that was really cool to, to see that. And then it was really cool to watch Matt and Tia come across the finish line at the end. You know, Matt won almost every event. Tia won almost every event. They Matt won his fifth. She won her fourth. And it was like this cool, superhero ending moment with them both holding hands coming across the finish line. And then I feel like we just nailed the end of that movie just with the way that we like kind of have it being like the end of this era. Cause you can kind of sense that Matt's about to retire. You don't really know. And then, you know, we, we dropped that like right after the credits that he retires, but it's, it's a really cool special moment. And I've been there to see him win every single one. I've been right there when they've held his hand up and he's fittest man on earth. So it was really special for me, not only because of his accomplishment, but just because I've got to know Matt so well over the past few years. And now we're business partners with podium and just super cool to be able to, you know, cap off our whatever six documentaries that way. So I was really happy with the way the movie ended. Yeah. It it was very cool the way you guys documented it. And I also think it was such an art, the way you guys shared a brief glimpse into, you know, the, the transition from Greg Glassman to Eric Rosa and some of the comments on Twitter around the black lives matter movement. And, you know, it's a very fine line because you're trying to be politically correct, but you also want to tell the story the, the, the right way. And, you know, then funneling that to, you know, this unique CrossFit games where there was lots of loops and turns and twists that people weren't really sure of. It was so cool to see Justin Medeiros and Matt Frazier race at the end. And they are given everything to try to, you know, win that, that rock or that trail run. And yeah. 
all of a sudden and they got to go back and Matt's like flipping the bird like no way yeah. you're you're screwing with me he's like no I'm for real and at yeah. that moment like I thought Dave Castro was gonna get punched <laughs> yeah like we all kind of felt it like is this guy for real and then all of a sudden they take off again and I think I think Tia kind of picked up on it when he looked at her face but then everybody else is like wait is this is Where this really going? happening this and like in a cool down yeah. yeah and poor like Haley Adams is like I don't know I feel like every year She's just this dark horse that like people are like, oh, yeah, she's young. She's not the strongest, but she's always in the freaking conversation, man. She's always right there hanging with the best of them. She's so tough, such a competitor. And you guys do such a great job highlighting that and making those of us on the outside feel like we're a part of it. And so I I think that's that's really cool. And you guys should feel absolute fulfillment from that because you're creating a glimpse into something that's so special and so cool. And, and honestly, at a time where hope was at an all-time low, you guys created hope. Like, hey, this is the conclusion of a chapter, but CrossFit's not going anywhere. And then we see the evolution of all these big business plays, Noble jumping in the game, you know, Thorne now jumping in the game. And then as you just mentioned, you and Matt Frazier and Heber jumped into business and you guys just came out with, this supplement company known as three, two, one podium. Will you mind sharing, you know, with, with, with us, how that kind of came to be and what podium is all about? Yeah. So it all came to be from a DM on Instagram. Like we weren't working with any supplement companies at, and we were kind of like trying to see who would fit well with our brand and our, our vibe and everything. And, right at the right time this guy named jeremy osborne slides into heber's dms and he's like hey i've done these companies in the past i'm partnered with this other guy named paul we're looking to start a company that's more tailored for crossfit athletes and we feel like you and mars are the perfect avenue for us to go through to be able to you know create media and to get the word out in the right way and that was a really interesting message to us because we were like, wow, this sounds interesting because like not we're not just going to be, you know, giving out codes and trying to like slang protein. We're actually going to have ownership in this company. And it sounds really interesting to start something from the ground up because with the, the couple of years doing this, it's it's turned my entrepreneurial spirit on, I guess. And like I've I'm like hungry to do this type of stuff now. And so we partnered with these with it with jeremy and paul and they were like who else would you want to bring into this company to have you know some sort of ownership that would be proper that's in the space and it was like right when we knew matt was going to be retiring they they didn't know that at the time and i was like well matt's about to retire i'm sure that you know anything he does and anything he puts his mind to is going to be great and i think that this is a really good opportunity that he would be interested in and so we presented it to him and O'Keefe vetted both Paul and Jeremy and he, they both checked out because Paul started Ghost Life, which is a very successful uh, supplement company prior. And he also started and worked with Extend, which is also like Cellucor. So he had a really good pedigree and knowledge of how to you know accomplish all this stuff that we were trying to do in the space. And so we brought Matt on as a partner and then crazy enough, like 
go to work on designing a logo and a word mark and a feel and a vibe. And, you know, like it wasn't originally podium. It had different looks, it had different colors. And we were trying to create this very like modern meets retro vibe. And I feel like we nailed it with the colors and the look and like the packaging and it looks incredible. I don't think that there's a better looking product on the market right now. And we have then since gone out and sponsored Justin Medeiros and he just won the CrossFit game. So it suits perfect for the name. And so we have Matt, the five-time champ and now Justin, the current champ. And we've also got Craig Ritchie, which is huge because he's an amazing content creator out of the UK. And I feel like he speaks to that audience really well. So now, you know, we're, we're approaching various different like female athletes in the CrossFit space and trying to find one that fits well. And we just hit GNC this week. I saw that man. Congratulations. That's really cool. Yeah. And so that's what's cool is like, I feel like me and Heber are, you know, the, the media guys, we want to, you know, incorporate this and, and tell the story of podium, how it all came to be and where it's going. Matt's obviously the goat. Uh, you have Paul and Jeremy that are both experts in the, the actual supplement world. And so I feel like it was just a really awesome team that just meshed well together. And it was like perfect timing and I couldn't have been, you know, a better fit. And so I'm so excited to, just to see people getting the product, taking photos in it, tagging us and then see, being like, well, it's got a scoop in there. You know, it's like a. Dude, the scooper hanged. thing, one of you guys yeah. posted that and I, and I shot you a message. The scooper thing was so, so crucial because it's like, I can't I tell you how many times I've like had my dirty hands in there trying to find the scooper and then my fingers are all sticky and I'm like, okay, screw this. I'm just going to yeah. like figure out the dosage or the, 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 the serving size with the spoon or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, so it's, it's like, it's cool that like, I can't believe somebody hadn't done that before us, but it's really cool to be able to take all the experience from all of us and put all of our heads in a room. And we have meetings regularly to try and figure out what's next. And like, we're doing flavor testing on a bunch of new products that are coming out and meeting with the team. And it's all stuff that I couldn't even imagine to be a part of two or three years ago when I was still working at CrossFit. So it's just timing cool is room. everything, man. Really, really cool. And I think the, the people you've surrounded with are, are top notch. I mean, that's, that's solid that every person you mentioned kind of brings a piece to the puzzle, which is rad. I also think, um, I haven't seen it in person yet. I've just seen it on social, but the modern meets meets retro is a great way to describe that. Yeah. It's funny. It's like back when we were looking at like designs and everything, like Heber had just bought like a new ski jacket. It was like, it looks like it's from the seventies. It's super retro. And so we're like, we like that, but we don't want to be like seventies you know, we want to be like modern retro. And so somehow we were able to go from like that ski jacket inspiration to what podium is now with like this soft touch bottle. And it, it has like embossing on the words and stuff. And it's just like such a cool looking product. And I'm, I'm super stoked on the way it turned out. That's rad. What, what are some of the products that you guys are featuring so far and what, uh, what's in GNC currently? So we have three different products. So we have a, a whey protein, a BCAA that's a hydro and salt. It's pretty high okay. salt because we realized that like when people are doing CrossFit, they deplete all their salt stores. And so what better way than to, you know, have a drink afterwards that'll replenish all that. And then we have a pre-workout called Fuse. That's something that me and Hebrew always would say, you know, like before we work out, it was always light the fuse, bro, you know, <laughs> and, you know, that that's got beta alanine in it. And that's, you know, one of the main things that, 
Fraser talked about, you know, and everybody heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast and stuff. And so it was cool to be able to get his, uh, you know, approach on that. And we've got the, the flavors are maple butter pancake for the protein, which is obviously the buttery bros inspired by that. Yes, uh, honey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then we got uh, uh, a coffee ice cream, which is like coffee is big for Matt. And then uh, the other flavor is uh, peanut butter crunch. And that was just like one of our, that was probably the first flavor that we settled on because it was, it's like really good. And then sour watermelon, because, you know, we always go around having sour patch watermelons. I feel like that was a good fit for us. And it's just like, we're trying to like figure out, you know, as we bring on athletes and bring on different people to work with it, it'd be like, how can we tailor what you're about and bring it and incorporate it into podium and have it all mesh well together. I love that you're incorporating the personality. And so there's a story associated with the flavor, the design. It's not just, oh yeah, that looked good. Or, oh yeah, that seemed like a good idea. And uh, hopefully one day people will uh, say that they heard about beta alanine from Mars on the Invictus Mindset podcast. <laughs> yeah, so beta, beta alanine is all sold out. Yeah, that's dope, man. So uh, how did you guys ultimately come up with the name Buttery Bros? Where, where did that kind of come from? Well, I don't know where Buttery came from, but me and Heber and the people I used to work with at CrossFit, we would just say that all the time, especially when there'd be like an athlete cross the finish line, put their hands up and there's like a sun flare in the background and the crowd's cheered. And I'd come over to be like, bro, you gotta see the shot super buttery. And then we'd all sit there and we'd, <laughs> we'd all just like get amped up, you know? And it, it was just like a term that we would say. And so when we were putting together like a YouTube channel, you know, you got to call it something. And we were like buttery something. And I didn't know it was going to be bros, but you know, we, we settled on bros and then we're walking around Wadapalooza the next day. And people are like, Hey, it's buttery bros. And I was like, all right, this is, you guys were seeing the show. So it's, that's, that's now the work. thing. That's cool, yeah. man. That's and nice. Then, so you're obviously coming out with uh, the content from the ultimate Hawaiian triathlon. Are there any big projects or things that you guys are kind of thinking of, or are things kind of happening organically? Are you guys putting a lot of your time into and attention into like more product creation, like the podium stuff, or what are you guys kind of leaning into right now? So Obviously, we still are going to get out like our next trip coming up. We're going to go to Boise and be with Justin because he just moved back there to go to school. And we haven't really seen that aspect of him because he's just been with his coach, Adam, up in, you know, uh, what is that, Portland, you know? So yeah. we're trying to we're, we're going to be going and visiting athletes. But we're also we just partnered with Spartan and they're like awesome. They're like such a cool partner. They're bringing us out and we're going to be part of their Spartan games event at the end of October. Very and they're cool. putting us up. They're putting us up in like a 16 person house. So I'm just like bringing a bunch of friends and we're just going to create a bunch of content around that event. And then another brand we work with is rain and they're having a, a tough mutter event that very same week. And so I'm leaving from there to go to this tough mutter event and run the whole course with, all the rain athletes. And I think there's going to be like Juju Mufu and Kai green and all these like not trail runner people. That yeah. I'm really Kai green. yeah huge. <laughs> such a big dude and such a good personality and such a just fun time. So, so there's that. And then like, we, we've got some other big projects in the works that it's like a little too soon to really like share too much about that. But besides that, like we have partnerships with a bunch of different companies like born primitive, uh, we're releasing our jorts. I don't know if you've seen those yet. They're pretty 
out there and loud and like we have a badass. bunch of our sayings on them and everything and that's awesome like, we, we first tease those at the games and people have been wondering when they're coming and they're really close they're really like i think we're like a week and a week and a half away from launching those and so that's rad bear and mallory are good friends of mine i've spent some time with them out in uh, virginia beach and when bear comes out to san diego uh oh, he, cool. and I, he and i'll train a little bit i just think he's so cool man like i i was out in virginia beach when he got back from a trip and he just rolls in with this massive beard wearing the jorts and nothing <laughs> else and nothing else and he's like let's do this yeah <laughs> and such, he's just such, such a thor thor style figure and uh last time i was out there i was like dude like you've got the jorts like what do you think about like stretchy flannels so we can like carry an axe stretchy around flannels, and, like, yeah. and he, he was like stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah i was stoked because i was wearing the jorts far before when we were collaborating with them and i think that they took notice that we liked their product and you know it's if it's a good fit and it works both for both of us then let's collaborate and figure out a way to make this thing work you know so that's that's what we do with a lot of brands and a lot of companies and it's it's super cool to see like you know like got jump ropes and we've got weight belts and we've got wrist straps and now we got jorts and movies and supplement line and it's pretty it's pretty wild you know just because it's it's just such a cool organic recipe and i'm just a fan from afar it's mars it's it's really awesome to connect with you man i feel like we've uh, almost been walking pseudo parallel lines for a while and it's great to just connect and learn learn about your story and share that with our audience and i just also really loved how you described it all as opportunity and chaos as such a great way to kind of uh summarize it up do you have any uh, last minute thoughts that you'd love to leave with our listeners or, um, you know, if you could have like a billboard, is there a saying that you'd love to share with people? I mean, the opportunity in chaos is pretty good, but like we talked about earlier, I mean, there's so many times, like when this whole thing started, I, I was like sad about losing my job. And at the same time I was going through a divorce. So it was like so much seemed like chapters of my life were coming to an end and, in those moments, you don't really understand like what the bigger picture is that will lead you to later. And now that I'm on the other side of it, looking back and I'm like, so grateful that those things happened. And there's so many things in life that are really difficult to happen that make you who you are. And I, I feel like I had to learn a lot of those things through experience and hard work and trial and error. And now, you know, I still get this like complex of like, what if it all ends, you know, like what if buttery bros ends, like, what, what will I go do? You know? And it's, although I don't want it to end, it's like, whatever that next thing is could be even greater, you know? And it's, it's pretty, it's like having the mindset of like, maybe like everything happens for a reason type of thing. It's like, sure. It happens for a reason, but I'm in pain right now. Why is it happening to me? You know? (laughs) But yeah, I I think, you know, putting our heads down and working hard and just believing in what we were doing because it was fun. And I felt like people latched onto it and wanted to be a part of it with us was what really led us to where we are now and where we're going and developing relationships and elevating others and having fun, eating pancakes, traveling the world, you know? Super cool, man. I think you described it in a way where, uh, it's always a mystery looking forward, but it's science looking back when we kind of connect the dots. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man. For those of you listening, if you enjoyed my conversation with Mars today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. Mars, where can people find you? 
uh, on Instagram, my handle is Mars Media. You can find us on YouTube at Buttery Bros. And that's about it. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, doing this with us, and I look forward to crossing pads soon. As always, Dude. guys, stay on the hunt for who you've not yet become. Take care, man. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks, man.